Welcome to the Total Brain podcast series, hosted by Dr. Evian Gordon, founder and chief medical officer of Total Brain. Today's podcast is on ADHD assessment, support, and solutions. And it is my great pleasure to speak to Dr. Leif Norenborg. He's a University of Maryland trained pediatrician. And he heads Brer Patch Pediatrics, a large pediatric practice servicing 6,000 children and adolescents in multiple offices located on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. He's also a part of the Pediatric Physicians Organization at Boston Children's Hospital. And Brer Patch has been servicing families since 2004. It's a very progressive practice that focuses on integrated holistic care of both mind and body. And I'm delighted to also note that Brea Patch has been offering Total Brain to its patients for nearly two years. And it's great to speak to you today, Leif. Thanks, Abby. And it's always a pleasure to speak to you and get your insights on brain capacities and uh, neuroscience. Well, it's, um, it's, it's been a, a fascinating uh, a journey so far, Leif. And I'd love to share today with our listeners um, a couple of questions. Let's maybe just begin with your thoughts on um, just on the role of technology in, uh, in, in behavioral health. Well, prior to the pandemic, I would say there, there wasn't much of a role for it in my practice, at least. But since the pandemic set in and since meeting Total Brain and learning about it, uh, it's been quite phenomenal that we can actually care for patients, not just in the office, but we can care for them between our office visits as well. We have always been paid fee-for-service through the years, and that's been wonderful, but it's really more important to take care of the patients between the visits with us. We have 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, and that's wonderful uh, quality time, but we need to give the patient in between those visits the tools they need and the resources and the tools in their, their toolbox to actually take care of themselves and just call us when they, they need us or uh, give us feedback somehow having something kind of working behind the scenes, uh, monitoring our patients is, is really game-changing, I would say. Uh, my ultimate goal would be to have these brain reports I get from Total Brain or any of the digital augmentative therapies integrated with my electronic medical record, whether it was Athena or ECW or uh, Epic. I'd love to have them all interfaced one time. Then that'd be a real coup for uh, the providers and the patients, I would say. Couldn't agree more, and uh, I know our CEO Matt Moon will be hearing this, and hopefully it'll spur him that direction. But we've definitely got that on the drawing board, and so there's clearly a convergence of the use of technology. And you know, we we obviously understand that technology in kids can also be distracting, so that's why we really are appreciative of your holistic approach, that is both cautious of technology not being distracting and of empowering kids to use the sort of insight, I suppose, the insight into themselves, but mainly they love playing with, you know, tools that are going to be engaging, but inadvertently or deliberately also help them. Let's just, before we go to sort of the solutions and the, and the fun stuff that kids love doing in terms of uh, tools, what's the benefit of the sort of the assessment in your mind, Leaf, especially the fact that we're looking at capacities, the brain's core strengths and limitations, as well as as symptoms. 
firstly, what in general, what is the way you use that? And then I'd love you to share some, maybe some sort of specific kind of uh, examples of how that's used and how do you help shape people's personal sort of programs? Sure, sure. I uh, actually pulled up one of my brain reports. I thought you might ask similar questions. So uh, what I do is uh, for initial assessments, I you know, don't even have a diagnosis yet. Uh, it's very helpful to, to make the initial diagnosis. What I really like over time, though, is to track their progress uh, when they do serial assessments on total brain. I can actually see when they took the assessment, when I changed the medication dose or the actual medication or when they got certain therapies or when they tried total brain and then tweak my therapy around that. And again, it's not just when they're in the office. I can see that any time. Uh, they can do assessments as often as they'd like to, but I encourage them to do at least one, one a month. And I see them typically once they're established on an ADHD medicine about every three months. Uh, so it's been very helpful in between to, to see these trends. Uh, and I can pick either, you know, graph form uh, or kind of a, a table. I, I prefer the graph. I'm, I'm a more visual kind of guy, I'd say. So I like the graphs. And then I typically go to, I have four different parts of that brain report. I got emotion, I got feeling, I got cognition, I got self-control. And I go right to cognition. I look at the focus uh, first and foremost, I would say, when I'm thinking ADHD. And then I also go to the stress control under the feelings. And I've found that that is a good first approach. And then we can work on, you know, all kinds of other emotional awareness and just self-control and things like that. Actually stealing from your Total Brain website, a fascinating thing I came across was that positive emotions dampen the fight or flight response and activate a more calm and flexible state, whereas negative emotions can inhibit effective cognition necessary for creativity and optimal decision making. So that sums the whole thing up right there that, gosh, I want positive emotions so if I can work on stress and ADHD at the same time and focus and task completion at the same time, that really serves my patients quite well. Yeah, I know we're also running a study in your series of clinics that this issue of stress control and what the flow and effects of that are to, to focus, I think that nails it. You know, the problem, of course, with focus is, is task completion. And so it's super useful and powerful to see the way you really are sort of homing in on this, empowering kids to, to sort of switch off their fight-flight stress system and become more flexible and hopefully in that light be more likely to finish tasks at school, at home. It's been a very interesting, evolving focus, basically, for ourselves. What are other ways, Leaf, where you feel the insight into maybe stress control? Are there any other examples? That's the best one that you've mentioned, but are there other ones, another, maybe just one other, that you also see the assessment helps you shape your practice? Sure. No, for the easy ADHD patients, no comorbidities, you know, that, that's all I do. I don't need much more. When I get patients that have comorbidities, whether it's autism or anxiety or learning disabilities or whatever the comorbidity might be, and I'd say half of my patients with ADHD probably have those comorbidities, I'd love a neuropsych evaluation by a neuropsychologist for every one of them, but boy, howdy, around here, I can't do that. It takes over a year to get into our local pediatric, you know, developmental pediatric departments to get a, a full neuropsych evaluation. So in the meantime, I'm grasping at straws, trying to find any other way to help my patients. And help their parents. Uh, my ADHD patients are, are wonderful. I really enjoy interacting with them. They're rarely boring. They're usually very enthusiastic and smart and hardworking and creative. So I'd say just, again, having some assessment, some ongoing measure of how they're doing, 
to help the patient, but also the family and the parents that struggle uh, when their children have ADHD. It, it's exhausting <laughs> for them. I've always said you're only as happy as your least happy child. And I think that's true. And so giving the parents, giving the patients any hope for success and then seeing them succeed and then continue to do better and actually get uh, praised instead of scorned and scolded is really remarkable for their self-esteem, for their just overall well-being. So I, I have, you know, quite a few patients that really just boss them. And I have some parents who don't want their kids on medications and that's fine. Uh, and they have clear cut ADHD and they need something. And I'd say, gosh, you got to lean on your school and your special educators, lean on your therapist that might help you with backpack organization, lean on us, lean on anyone that can help you. But again, having just some basic ongoing everyday thing or five out of seven day week thing like total brain or some digital therapy has really been phenomenal. And, and the patients really do like it. It's, um, you know, not not as fun as some video games, I'd say, but it's functional. It, it's uh, it's uh, rewarding. And I think once they feel good and, and start succeeding, they want to feel better and, and keep succeeding. So just the self-esteem is phenomenal. I worry about academics with, with ADHD, but gosh, I worry about self-esteem and safety and things like that. There are some data out of, I think, Wisconsin in the 1990s where, you know, people that have ADHD that aren't treated can be impulsive and quite dangerous. They're in the ER more. They're having more lacerations and fractures and injuries. They're, you know, getting more speeding tickets as they get older, more car accidents. They might get into illicit drug use at an earlier age, might get pregnant at earlier ages. And again, impulsivity can be dangerous. So again, I love good academics, but really it's the, the, all around life that I worry the most about. And yes, I love A's and B's and maybe a C plus here and there, but boy, if I can keep kids alive and <laughs> extend their life expectancy and keep them out of the ER, that's, that's a beautiful thing in my book. Well, you've really hit on so many helpful sort of wise insights. And one of the things I've noticed in your practice, you know, you really lead by example. I mean, it's a huge practice and you've got a lot of people there and you're always putting yourself in the kid's shoes and you're always available day and night. I've seen the hours that you work, but it is this bigger issue, which is positive validation. And there's growing evidence in behavior change that the secret of success is focusing on what's going right and magnifying that rather than the constant beration of what's going wrong. And we had, as you know, uh, Leif, I shared with you and others, the great Glenn Elliott, the professor of pediatrics at Stanford, who did a podcast with us about his own personal story with his son and how he, his son is today a pediatrician, I believe, but just the patience and the wonderful way in which him and his wife validated and looked for ways to validate. And that's what you are using the assessment and the training tools in Total Brain in a very granular way to find what works and use this as part of the validation of kids. And I have to say, it's incredibly gratifying to see. So let me just, if I could ask you a little bit more about some of the sort of now the solutions. And I just want to share with our listeners something they've heard before, which is that when we in neuroscience, and not just total brain, anyone who's really an experienced applied integrative neuroscience, when they build a solution, a training, it's not meant to be infotainment. It's meant to be something that can be repeated, fun and engaging for sure, but it's meant to be not too complicated so that they can build a new neural network in their brain of whatever they're training, whether it's focus, whether it's stress control, and that neural network habit is what is the goal. 
And you've really been uh, super disciplined about the way you use these tools. So what are the tools you like using the most or use the most? And can you share your thoughts about what you found useful about them? Sure, sure. And I, I do worry, I guess, if we don't give patients hope, if we don't, you know, give them the tools they need, that we're going to have them kind of give up and sputter out and eventually give up on things. So, yeah, I think it's important that we give them the tools they need. I, I do love the resonant breathing uh, where you can get a kid to breathe it six or seven breaths a minute in the resonant breathing feature. Think focus, think balance seem like mindless games, but like you say, they really are so simple that it, it almost seems like you're cheating by, by using total brain in these tools because they really are beneficial and, and that's backed up, uh, but they, they seem mindless and they, they give kids something to do that's actually useful and, and productive instead of just playing a video game that you know instills violence or, or negative attitudes and, and competitiveness that it's in a negative way. So I think just you know giving them something positive to do and just thinking about their brain capacity, just thinking about their ADHD, just thinking about their overall well-being. Is it mindfulness? Is it you know tweaking the dopamine or the norepinephrine in the forebrain? I don't know, but just anything that gives them hope. I think parents and children to realize that they're they're going to be okay because they're really brilliant kids, most of them. They work so hard and they they work three times as long as their friends and they get a C, whereas a friend worked for 10 minutes on homework and got an A. It's just not fair. I, I got to keep my patients engaged and give them hope to, to get to the other side of, of their task completion, whether that's a semester, whether that's a high school career, just graduating from the tech high school, whatever that goal of theirs is, I just got to give them some kind of hope. So I recommend, you know, we start out with the resonant breathing. We do the think focus, the think balance. And there's just so many things I do tell them to, you know, pay attention to what the uh, total brain assessments recommend for them, because there are so many different things that you can do that there really are, are endless opportunities. And some kids say they don't like that one, or they're never going to do a, a neuro tunes for a half hour, but they'll do six minutes. I think most of the neuro tunes are probably six minutes. And that kind of space music feel, that kind of scientific music seems like it's just background noise and nothing to it. But, you know, I think it really does calm them and get them refocused and recentered and gets rid of some of the, the noise out in their worlds that are uh, so distracting. So I think, yeah, the neurotunes are, are very helpful for some of the kids. And again, just some of the meditations. And again, kids like the short ones, I'd say longer instead of the longer ones, just because <laughs> They, they can hyper-focus on a video game, but maybe not on a neurotune or maybe not on a, a meditation. But again, I think as they go along, they can focus longer and longer on these different things. So I think it's brilliant that uh, Total Brain kind of strings them along. It starts with simple, short things, and then gives them opportunities for longer interventions as time goes by. Yeah, it's getting interesting to see also, Leif, and as your subject numbers are growing, we can start seeing and helping others as to what works in whom? You know, it's because obviously everybody is not going to be responsive to the same things, but there definitely are strong preferences that kids have. And it's been fascinating to see how those preferences fold out. Exactly. And I can't ask every patient every question at every visit, unfortunately. If I'm in a visit and I'm focused on ADHD and they're also anxious or depressed or have a PHQ-9, a depression screen that pops up positive, that's good for me to know. I'm hyper-focused, I guess, on the ADHD and then my next patient or my next three patients that are waiting for me next door in the next exam room. So I think just having something, doing some extra thinking behind the scenes for me is most helpful. Boy, it's been a, a beautiful thing to, again, monitor patients without being face-to-face -face with them. Yeah, so technologies definitely have its virtues. As I say, we're also very aware we want to be sure that we don't add to the distraction. But so far, thanks to the examples you've given, it's this tremendous power in this. Just to end off the last question, Leif, is 
how useful do you and how do you use the the reassessment, the tracking, and how important do you find tracking? And I know you mentioned it once a month, but just more generally, what's the nature of the sort of objective tracking information and how critical do you think it is? Well, it's absolutely critical. We could put every patient on a medication or start an intervention and then say, okay, come back for your well visit in a year. And that would be okay for a small minority of the patients. But I think they appreciate the fact that we're engaged with them, that we like to get feedback. We see them every two or three months for medication checks and things like that. So I think, you know, that's important just to keep the almost a, a carrot in front of the their nose, just saying, okay, keep doing this and we'll keep you know, stroking you and saying, hey, you're doing a great job, as will Total Brain, and these pieces get bigger and bigger because they're doing a good job. And again, the American Academy of Pediatrics and their process of care algorithm for ADHD recommends it. The evaluation, diagnosis, and treatment of ADHD are a continuous process. So, I mean, we're kind of, you know, not doing good medicine perhaps at times if we're not continually monitoring our patients. So it really is, I think, important that we see them regularly, yes, and do our traditional therapies and, and monitoring, but I think just doing a little bit more is, is the future of medicine, that we can reward people without actually physically seeing them. We can have some automated systems that allow us to take care of more patients and uh, diagnose the new kids with ADHD or anxiety, whatever else they have. So I think it really is critical to have these augmented digital therapies, and I think the FDA realizes that too by having a whole division now, not just doing medicines and medical devices, but actually doing you know, digital therapies. I think that speaks to the, the future of what's coming down the pike that the FDA even thinks this is quite important. Yeah, super interesting. I know we're running out of time, but I'd, I don't want to end our podcast without asking you a little bit of information beyond the scope of what Total Brain focuses on. We get so many questions from parents over the years about the role of exercise and nutrition. And I wonder if you could just talk to those briefly before we end off? Sure, absolutely. I, you know, I think the whole mind-body thing is very real. If you're not sleeping, if you're, you're not eating well, you're just living on, on junk food and, and sugar and uh, sugared beverages, uh, it's going to be hard to focus at school. Or if you're hungry and don't have enough to eat, you're, you're not going to focus on school. So the whole you know, holistic approach to, to medicine, mental health is, is super important. Uh, I'm pleased that with the pandemic, a lot of schools are offering free lunches and breakfasts, and it doesn't matter how much money your parents make that everyone qualifies. And that's been a one of the few good things that have come out of the pandemic. The fact we can do telemedicine is also another good thing that's come out of the pandemic. But oh, the exercise is, is critical. Uh, you can't coop a kid up in a classroom all day long and not let them go out and squirm a little bit on the playground at, at lunchtime. Uh, so I think it's it's really important to have a whole balance of, of uh, yes, you know, rigorous academics and, you know, uh, smart boards and whiteboard and computer screen time. But you got to let kids run and play and play sports and exercise. And that also is going to change their brain chemicals just by being outside and get those endorphins and enkephalins and all those uh, positive things up. And again, maybe tweak the, the dopamine and the norepinephrine in the forebrain. I think that's so important. You know, one of the other things that's been a deep interest of ours for a while is sleep and ADHD. I mean, the evidence is just so strong about the relationship between poor sleep and, of course, memory consolidation, and that, of course, affects focus as well. And so we're delighted that we're just about to release a pre-sleep Neurotunes to just really help induce a state of, you know, total calm 
and relaxation before sleep. So I look forward to seeing if that uh, adds any value to the sort of sleep mm. discipline, the sleep habits, which I know is, is always a pretty tough thing with my grandkids. Hopefully these tools will add some value to getting routines for sleep and behavior, stress reduction at critical times. Most and not least is, of course, task completion. I never underestimate how hard that is and yet how easy it can be if kids are validated and they're in a positive momentum. So it's been great just seeing ADHD on the scale that you deal with it. And through your eyes, Leif, you've just been a a kind of inspiring uh, clinician to all of us. And I wonder if you could just end off the podcast today with just your three main takeaways. Sure. Uh, It's been a pleasure speaking with you as always. Thanks for all that you do. It's been a fun two years, been a nice distraction during a, a pandemic to have something new to, to, to go for. But basically, I'd say we need a, an objective assessment. I can ask questions all day about how you're doing in school and, you know, are you getting better or worse? But I think having a real objective assessment, not just a subjective one, is important. If you can't or if you don't measure it, you can't really manage it. So it's important to have those ongoing assessments and measure it and, and manage it. And that's what kind of turned me on to Total Brain Initiative when you started saying, well, we can measure brain capacities and we can improve on them just like we do a blood pressure with hypertension or just like we do a, a glucose with diabetes. That, that kind of got my attention. And then also, I think just we have to personalize things. There's not one solution for every problem. Uh, there's never really a one size fits all approach for my patients with ADHD. And the more options we have, whether it's medications or uh, therapies or backpack checklists or digital therapies, uh, the better off some will do because there's no child that's going to do better on, on this or that when the other child does. And it, it's just, we, we need options for the kids to, to have the one thing that clicks that, that sticks with them, like throwing the pasta against the wall and says, yep, that one's stuck and that one's helping our patient. So the more options we have, the better. And then I think just, you know, if you do something like total brain, starting out with the stress control and the focus training and realize those are so intertwined that uh, it's hard to treat one without the other to, to assess one without assessing the other one. So I think giving patients hope uh, giving them uh, some rewards. And whether that's internal, they, they know they're doing better and their grades are improving and they just feel great about themselves and their self-esteem appro- improves, or whether it's giving them a sticker, giving them you know, a gift card, giving them a pat on the back, if we're allowed to do that again one day, uh, is, is most important. So I guess that's three things that I would say are the main takeaways. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Leif. You know, honestly, Every single member of our team that works with you and your team feel like it's just a privilege. There's just something so immersive and attuned and caring that you do. And I'm just really grateful to work with you and very grateful for you uh, doing this podcast with me today. Thank you so much, Leif. The pleasure is ours. Thank you. Thank you.